0: Are you ready to step beyond your sexual walls? We're here to talk about anything you want. This is the Sisters of Sexuality show featuring Taylor Sparks and Parrish Michelle Blair. We have so much to talk about today, so let's just get things started. Here are your hosts, Taylor and Parrish. Good evening, sexy people. This is your host, Taylor Sparks, and you are listening to Sisters of Sexuality, and we are sponsored by OrganicLovin.com. I am so excited, as I am most every week about the guests that we have on and before i bring her on i do want to give you a, just a tad bit about her and then i'll let her tell us the rest michelle hope is a dedicated sexologist educator and activist with a master's degree in human development and extensive postgraduate training in sexuality as a veteran speaker, Michelle has over 15 years of experience delivering impactful, informative lectures and training across the nation. She believes as though her work in marginalized urban communities has provided her with deep insight and comprehensions of the holistic implications of sexuality on one's life. Michelle has dedicated her career to understanding and communicating to the mass, to the masses, the complex intersections of various social identities, race, class, gender, and sexual orientation through a reproductive justice lens. She has taken deliberate actions in exploring and developing a unique language to speak to communities of color. Michelle, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I am so excited to meet you or to have you and have my audience meet you here. Um. I've been following around behind you, <laughs> but stalking you gently, quietly, and then I'm like, I'm gonna call her and have her on the show. And I first want to say that I really enjoyed your TEDx Harlem talk. Tell me, well no, wait, before you talk no. about the TEDx Harlem talk and how that came, tell me why sex? How sex? How did you get in, What made you decide you were gonna do sex as opposed to yeah. pediatrics? <laughs>
1: Oh, man, yeah. You know, so I, I grew up in Pence country, you know, Indiana, very sexually repressed state. Um, my mother's a lesbian. And, you know, when I was raised, I was raised about around a lot of gay people, trans people, lesbians, the whole gamut, you know, gender nonconforming or gender fluid people. Um, but I watched them be closeted. And I saw this mm-hmm. experience of life of individuals not being able to be their most authentic self, my mother included. And, you know, that impacted me as a child, right? When a parent has to be closeted, that also means mm-hmm. a child has to be closeted. And that's a really heavy cross to bear. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I think also being biracial in a place like Indiana, I mm-hmm. was fetishized about as a little person because i had a very to to that community a very exotic look. Um, That's right. I've had the same bo- yeah, i've had the same body type since i was about 12. So that <laughs> didn't make it any easier, you know. Um, okay. So so it just kind of happened that you know, i always was curious about sex and sexuality. Even though i grew up around all or a very loving community of what I consider family, my LGBTQ family, mm-hmm. um, sex was never talked about. You know, I didn't even see my mother kiss a woman or show affection to her lovers until I was in my 20s and out of the house.
0: Really? Wow. Yeah. So I I can't even imagine what kind of effect it did or did not have when you're not seeing that kind of... Because, I mean, it's my belief that our first... um relationships with sex and love, you know, comes from the people that we live with, be it our mom or dad or aunt. you know, that's what we see adults in affectionate situations. So to not see that, how did that, how do you believe that affected you in your path? Listen, child,
1: it's affected me in my future. And in the past, it has affected my wallet with all the therapy I've needed. But I want to say, I want to say that, but not say that that was my mother's fault, right? Right. Because right. in her own mind, she thought she was protecting me. That's right. She, she was trying to protect her livelihood. She didn't want to be outed. At the time, in the eighties, child protective services could have taken me out of the home. Mm. Um, we could have. We lived in a trailer. We could have lost our trailer. Um, she could have lost her job, which eventually that did happen because somebody outed her, and we moved oh, in with wow. my grandmother. Um, and I was also raised Catholic, like I was an altar girl. So it, there's so many things rooted in shame mm-hmm. and secrecy and, you know, the sex talk with my mom was great, but get yourself first and get out. These men ain't shit. Like that was kind of what it was. Oh, wow. That was short and quick. huh? <laughs> exactly. I know it was more to exactly. it,
0: but that was the overall gist of it.
1: No, there really actually wasn't any more to it. Um, No, okay, okay. So for me, um, you know, you become inquisitive and you become, and I remember, you know, in like going into middle school, one of the other kids in the neighborhood found the Playboys. His father had stash somewhere and we were looking at him. And I can specifically remember one with Latoya Jackson on the cover. I want to say this might have been 91, 92, Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I just remember she looked so beautiful, and yes. I was fascinated with sex at that point, you know. Um, oh. and then I started listening to Doctor Ruth, and then Doctor Drew was love line mm-hmm. was big. Jenny mm-hmm. Jenny McCarthy was a breakout star on MTV. Right, That's right. Um, yes, and 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 I was just really fascinated. Um, so I was inquisitive, and unfortunately. I was being hypersexualized by the the people around me because of the way I looked, um, mm-hmm. and and you know when I got to high school, there were murmurings. And growing up, there had always been murmurings about my mother's sexuality. And I experienced an incident where trying to stick up for my mother because no teachers were about to stop bullying back then. They're like kids right. were kids. Right. Um, I ended up getting in a getting in an altercation with a student that really, that left me scarred, uh, not just emotionally, but physically and academically because I was suspended from school. And that kind of put my self-esteem on kind of a downward slope. One thing led to another. And, and like a year later I experienced sexual assault. And then you start to internalize like, oh, well, this must just be what I'm good at.
0: Mm. Um Interesting How low were yeah, you When you got? Yeah. How old were you At the first the, When you were assaulted
1: um, The first time I can remember I was 15 And then you know You start th- I was doing all kinds Of bad things You start therapy Right And then mm-hmm. at About almost 17 My therapist was like I'm not seeing you anymore You have too many issues And she called my mother in And then we thought found- Then that was the first time I had heard I had experienced assault As a very small child In a daycare So, it's kind of like, I want to say this, this is not a gloom and doom interview, right? No, not at all. I I mean, so many people
0: have experienced some form of sexual assault. I mean, I I know not everyone, and I don't think it's gloom and doom at all to let people know that not only were you assaulted, but you you took the steps to work through it and, and may still be, and still working through it. I don't know if it ever, like, you just stopped working through it. I think it's something that you continue to build and grow upon. So it's a good thing.
1: Absolutely. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and, you know, um, and unfortunately, there were some years where I wasn't working on it very well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes, if people don't work through that, Uh, with therapy and with support systems, you tend to put yourself in in dangerous situations again and again. Um, And I did that. And so I experienced assault a couple more times. um, Mm -hmm. And I now do not identify as a survivor. I I identify as a rape thriver because I did not allow the situation that happened to me dictate what I would become. And so now I'm thriving and all mm-hmm. of this is what's pushed me into the work.
0: Okay. So is it you yes. know, I we've spoken and I tell you we and I talk about my um co host Paris, who's not with me tonight, but I know we've we've spoken to other sexologists who've had similar experiences. She has herself. Um, um I've experienced date rape, you know, as as an adult. And there's a, you know, there is a saying that, you know, hurt people hurt, but there's also mm-hmm. one that hurt people help. And I find yep. that those who have taken their past traumas and turned it into um, a business or whether, you know, whether they're getting paid or volunteering to help other people who have gone through or, or going through this type of um, physical and emotional trauma that they do some really, really, really good work for a lot of people. And, and I'm glad to hear you are one of them. Not that you had the trauma, but that you've taken your hurt and turned it into help.
1: And you know what? I, I wouldn't change my past for anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, 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 I love who I am. I love yeah. the scars that I bear because I've earned them. And I wear yeah. them proudly. It's, it's my favorite poem is Rhinoceros Woman. Um, by Asada Shakur and it talks about really wearing your scars because they were bought with blood and I've yeah, earned them and I'm proud of them. Um, and they make me uniquely perfect um, in an imperfect way. And I, I do want to help people and I am passionate. And you know, what I've come to realize is that oftentimes people get uncomfortable having conversations around sexuality. And my desire is to help people normalize those conversations one, so if people have experienced assault, they don't feel the shame to not tell anybody, because if right. you don't tell anybody, you can't get the help, you know?
0: Exactly, and exactly. And two,
1: sex is great, it's, and it's a very human part of being human. In fact, as I always say, from the will to the tomb baby...
0: I know. I love that. I love that saying, of course, with my family being from the South, you know, the other thing that went through my head, which has nothing to do with sex whatsoever was from the rooter to the tutor.
2: And
0: I'm like, like, from the tutor to the rooter, I don't know which way it goes now, but I'm like, why did that come to my mind when I heard from the womb to the tomb? And so many people that we talk with um, have cut themselves, shut themselves off from the pleasures of sex. For many different reasons, you know, I'm not here to judge why, but people who I believe in my humble opinion should be enjoying more sex are not enjoying sex for some of the reasons that are just, I don't know, don't make a lot of sense to me. So not saying it's a matter of right or wrong, just different, you know, I might put why are you not even having sex with yourself? I could see if the right person hasn't come along, but you're not even masturbating. I'm like, no pleasure whatsoever. That just doesn't com- you know, compute with me. So, Me that,
1: either. Me either. I travel with a vibrator. Oh my gosh, like yes. Best, I may- <laughs> best stress reliever ever. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got into the work. And then, you know, as a way of escaping... From Indiana I became a dancer. And um, when I was a stripper, that is where I got all my lessons in the strip club about sex and sexuality. Tell do tell. And, so how long how long did you yeah, strip girl, Um I, on and off for about seven years. I mean okay. I put my I put my time in. I paid my debt. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there are times when I there are times when I fantasize about going back to that. And then, like, my hips and my joints are like, bitch, please. Come on now. Girl, you get you some CBD. You'll be us. fine. Your body is gorgeous. I don't know. I,
0: your body is uh, beautiful. You are a beautiful woman. When I look at you, I just see nothing but gorgeous, sexy, beautifulness. So, And you all, when you see this woman, if you don't know this woman, you must just, you know look at all her pictures everywhere. i Google her. You can oh, find everything.
1: <laughs> Cause she
0: is oh, awfully. But I, I
2: mean,
1: I, Oh, thank you. I loved it. I loved, I loved the, I mean, I, I think a part of the reason I am still the shape that I am now is from seven years on a pole, the amount of core strength yes. that it, and flexibility it takes. And then being on stage, I've always been a performer um, and being on stage was so empowering. And, Being able to express my sexuality, I felt safe because nobody could, you know, touch, like, it was a way for me to reclaim my sexuality after experiencing assault. And that's not everybody's journey, but that was my journey.
0: Yes, 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 yes. yes. So speaking of the stage you recently did, was that in August this year? Uh, The TEDx Harlem talk? Yes. So how was that experience for you? How did that come about? Um, you know, they, if you Google, you know, if you go to the TEDx platform and even at the TED Talk platform, there's only a handful of people that are talking about sex and relationships comp- as opposed to, I mean, they talk about millions of things, but that's probably one of the smaller categories. How was that experience for you and to be there?
1: Um, I think it, a couple things. One. I had done a lot of research. I love data. I love research. I love social sciences, right? Um, i had done a lot of research looking into w- that small category of uh, TEDx speakers that mm-hmm. chose to speak about sex. Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed was, these people did not look like me, honey. They did not. No. They did not. Nope. And, and that is another reason why I got into this work. As much as I love Dr. Ruth and Dr. Drew... There are some, uh, the intersectionality of race and sex, we cannot separate when we're people of color. And I found it hard for someone like Dr. Drew to understand the complexities of racial oppression in the United States and then want to give me advice on how I should be loving, how I should be fucking, how I should be engaging with my own sexuality and the, and the sexual Intimacy I would share with others. So when I so started true. researching, I was like, okay, I, I want to make sure I do this well because I'm not just speaking for myself in that moment. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a voice of my community, a community of color. Oh, mm-hmm. um, that you were. And that you were. Thank you. And people of color, we are very repressed um, when it c- comes to sex. We don't want to talk about it, we don't want to face some of the Deep-seated issues that we have that stem from, um, you know, racism that stem from slavery that stem from the hypersexualization of black bodies, black mm-hmm. and brown bodies. Yes, uh, and and so I wanted to get on stage and tell a different narrative than mm-hmm. the vanilla one we see so often. Right,
0: and, and that you did. And um, for those of you, if you have not seen uh, Michelle hopes. TEDx talk it's under the it's on the TEDx Harlem talk banner and um, you can google that or go to YouTube or go to TEDx Harlem and look for it It is up there it's very prominent and you did an excellent job in just that Uh, as a sexologist so who are your clients do you do both male female transgender um what type of type of help do you offer you doing couples counseling one-on-one counseling yeah
1: so, oh, um, starting in... So, historically, I've worked with organizations, right? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And I've, I've worked in community organizations because I believe that, one, our sex education in America is terrible. Uh, second of all, the limited sex education that we do get does not speak to marginalized communities, i.e. queer folk, i.e. people of color, i.e. people mm-hmm. with disabilities, i.e. people who are not gender-conforming. So, I've done a lot of work to help organizations understand how sexuality implicates daily lives of not only their clients, but their staff. Um, starting in January, I will be offering online private coaching sessions for both singles and couples. Um, Wonderful. Zoom. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Um, and I will continue to do the work in community. I ha- One thing people don't know, about me, I have a full-time day job where I oversee... Really? What do you do also?
0: In addition, how could you spend so much...
1: Girl, that's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't sleep. That's why I drink a lot. Okay, so, um, (laughs) no, I oversee um, a reproductive health program uh, for a large nonprofit here in New York City called the Harlem Children's Zone. Uh, Annually, we service about 44,000 people. We are a pipeline Mm -hmm. program so we go from cradle to college, working to end generational poverty in Harlem. So I design um, programs, curricula for that specific community. Um, mm-hmm. I teach parenting, early childhood parenting classes, because sexuality doesn't start when pubes start growing. It starts of course. in the womb. And so I, I design workshops to help parents understand how to raise sexually healthy children to become sexually healthy adults. Um, And when I first started, because I built this program out there, a lot of people there thought I was nuts. They thought I was crazy. Mm -hmm. They were like, girl, Mm -hmm. this is nuts. We're not doing this. Um, But I was diligent. I was steadfast. And I knew that this is my ministry. You know, God gives everybody a gift. And this is my cross to bear. So. I, I, You know, I probably made some people very uncomfortable, um, but it's working and we're seeing culture shift within that organization um, to create a more inclusive, um, a more realistic uh, mm-hmm. ideal of how sexuality implicates academic performance and lifelong outcomes.
0: So, are you so, so are you counseling with the parents or the and the children together or just basically you're, you're maybe maybe it's more of a coaching and less of a counseling, but making sure they get the information yeah. for the parents to be able yeah, to to, more, to give that to the children or for you to talk to the children themselves.
1: So it's, or it's together? kind of both. It's 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 both. So um, when we started, we started with middle school classes around puberty and adolescent development. We moved mm-hmm. into high school to do kind of your cookie-cutter sex ed. And then, you know, I, I continued to kind of be a squeaky wheel saying this is not enough. We need to create that perfect triangle, parent-child-educator. Exactly.
0: Interesting. Where, Interesting. So that is good yeah. to know. And actually, I want to um, tell you and our audience about a new sponsor that we have. And this kind of kind of goes right into what you're talking about here, about educating Um We have a great new sponsor called Simple Health, and they're at simplehealth.com, and they are an online organization with hundreds of doctors where you can get your birth control by subscription, or your birth control prescription by subscription, so you don't have to go to the pharmacy, you don't have to you know, stand in line, you know, especially if you come from, I, I just uh, live in a really small town. There was only like three pharmacies. And when our daughter first started getting birth control, she was like, I got to go get that on my own. You know, it could be a little nerve wracking for some people. So it gets delivered right to your door and they cover um, almost every brand, you know, the top hundred brands and they take insurance and they have low cost of if you don't have insurance. So, um, the good thing about it is they've gotten really good reviews. It's only twenty dollars annually, and to get the subscription. So I know I don't know about you. I'm personally <laughs> my Easy Bake Oven um, doesn't work anymore, so I don't <laughs> I don't I don't need birth control. But for my daughter, I was telling her about this SimpleHealth.com and how she could just go on there and order it. Directly. So if you're out there and you're taking either the pill, they have the pill, the patch, and the ring, you could actually go to simplehealth.com forward slash sisters and you will get your first subscription for free. You still got to pay for your prescription, and that's a $20 value. So I would go there, look at what they do. They do a whole online assessment for you. You can move your prescription right over there and not have to worry about it ever again. So you can go to simplehealth.com and you just put in the code sisters and you'll get that $20 off. So um, that may be something that you could pass along Michelle to those that you're working with who are taking birth control. And it's, you know, cause some people like I run out of birth control as soon as I'm, you know, got to go on vacation or something crazy like that. And now you don't have to worry about forgetting about it anymore. So
1: there that is. <laughs> have
0: you heard of simple health before Great. Michelle?
1: I have it, but now, i now I'm interested. I'm going to go on the website as soon as I, as soon as this is done.
0: Yeah, 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 they, they, I mean, they've got, a, like I said, a really great assessment, and they take most insurance and low cost, and it's another way for us women to take more control of our bodies. People are so busy trying to tell us what we can and cannot do. It absolutely makes no daggone sense. So um, I'd like to welcome again, simplehealth.com uh, forward slash sisters, and you guys can get your discount. And we are going to take a break. And um, because it's what we do. We are you are listening to Sisters of Sexuality. And we are talking. My name is Taylor Sparks, and we are talking with the amazing guest and also sexy guest, Michelle Hope, sexologist. And if you guys stay right there, we will be
2: right back. Don't go away. Organic lovin'. For the bodies you love to love. How do people describe you? Are you curious? playful maybe sensual adventurous how about open-minded the truth is no matter who you are organic lovin has something to indulge your fantasies we offer only organic natural and eco-friendly intimate body products including vegan condoms organic lubricants body-safe sex toys and sex positive books you will not find anything harmful in our products or toys we also have a full range of other experiences including erotic seminars and exotic adult-only vacations. Receive our adult subscription box for a monthly sexual delight. Be educated, entertained, and informed. Organic Lovin', for her, for him, for you, for the bodies you love to love. Visit OrganicLovin.com. We offer shipping worldwide, so stop by the site anytime. Organic Lovin', that's L-O-V-E-N.com.
0: you were listening to sisters of sexuality to check in with the show and ask your questions call us at 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 or send an email to sisters of sexuality at gmail.com now back to our show and welcome back, sexy people. You're listening to your host, Taylor Sparks, and this is Sisters of Sexuality. And we are continuing our amazing conversation with our also sexy and beautiful guest, Michelle Hope. Hey, Michelle. Hey. Hey. Welcome back to the show, girl. So we were talking about... When we talked briefly earlier, I was asking you if you were married or if you had kids and what was your sexual status and relationship status. I want to know everything. Tell me, tell me, tell me.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I work a lot. I'm not married. Mm-hmm. I don't have any kids. Um, mm-hmm. I'm dating. New York is a tough city um, because everybody it's works cold, it's cold. jobs.
0: <laughs> it's cold. That's why it's tough. It's cold.
1: It is cold. It is that is. It's snowing. So yes, it is cold. Um, um, but you know, you know I'm I'm waiting to see what happens. Um,
0: what do I, mean You're waiting. What what is that waiting thing? What do you mean waiting? <laughs> who
1: waits? What are you waiting again, on? I know, right? Um, uh, not the perfect m- person because that doesn't exist. Um, right. You know I do I do date. Um, I have a partner. Um, mm-hmm. You know we try to and in my work like. Sex is a beautiful thing, and, and one mm-hmm. of the ways I've tried to um, maintain my own sexiness, right, is mm-hmm. to be limited. Um, like I'm not going to be like, oh, we swing from the chandeliers on Friday night, because I feel <laughs> like that's what people expect me to say, right? And that's not my sex life by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and and it just that is something as a sexologist. Dating can sometimes be kind of tough. Like, girlfriend, I have had to walk out on dates before. Uh, Why? Because before the appetizer, because before the appetizer even got to the table, the person was uh-huh. like, "Well, I've never had sex with a sexologist. I hope I can keep up." And it was like, "Okay, well, you won't have to worry uh, about that because you're not gonna get none of this." Good, good. Wait, no, does all, that question bother? Does that question bother you? You know, I I don't know if it. It, here's the thing. I mm-hmm. think that sex is a beautiful thing. And I think that if you want to be seen as an object, right? Yeah. In your sexual space with someone that you've created some kind of bond with more power yes. to you. If we're right. on a first right. date and we've not even gotten to the appetizer yet, and you're trying to size up how good I am in bed problematic right. to me. Oh, okay. Now I've become a uh, conquest. Well,
0: okay. I, I, can, I can understand that, that point of view. And, and I by no means, I'm not trying to change your point of view. I see personally myself, because um, I consider myself an Iraq educator and, and a sex goddess. So when you say sex goddess, you know, just, it's almost like saying sexologist. You're like, oh my God, the things you must be able to do. And I can do a lot of shit. And I don't personally, I'm talking to myself now, I don't mind that a guy's like, oh my God, I've never been with sex guys before. And I'm like, and I hope I can keep up. I'm like, I hope you can too. Because if you can't, this will be your first and last opportunity. And I tell them just like that because it's not so much that I'm an object. I know that they don't really know what else to say. To some yeah. small degree, because it is we're in the business of sex. So with their limited knowledge of what it is that we do and how we are literally educating and helping people through all parts of their sexuality, whether it be trauma, um, the the inability to. Um, react physically to intimacy. You know, we're working with some really deep shit, but the people who just are meeting us, they're kind they of, they don't know no sexologists in their family, so they don't even know what else right. to say. So I, I kind of like, okay, okay, I, I get it. You don't know. And I take that opportunity to kind of educate them, but I know they're just like, I, I, I'm just hoping I'm able to keep up. I'm like, I, I'm hoping you're able to keep up too, because I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put your ass out the bed if you can't. And I had a guy I met on Tinder. I met for a meet and greet. And this man, before I could finish my coffee, was telling me about his deviated septum and the issues with his spine and his back. And I looked at him. I said, so, you know, I'm a sex goddess. We're not going to be able to have sex because you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I told him up. So I mean, I could flip that whole sexualizing, objectifying people too. I'm like, you're not gonna make it. You're gonna die. I need a healthy man. If we're fucking, I need you to be healthy. And since you're not healthy, right. bye bye. And I left. And that 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 was it. So I'm not trying to change your perspective at at all, my love. I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes they just they just don't know what else to say, and I just kind of go, eh. he's he's fumbling. <laughs> You know he's you're yeah, in. The, I, he gets you. I mean, you are this stunning, gorgeous, sexy woman, and you're a sexologist. You're damn right. He's wondering if he could keep up. He just is bold enough to say it out loud.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Because I definitely have. I also, I, ironically enough, I I tend to be, I am a tomboy by nature. I mm-hmm. do like girly clothes, right? So I usually look very feminine, but I am a bulldog in a dress. So okay, when you ha, when when you combine my personality with my profession and the way I, the way people receive my look, I tend to intimidate. I have been told that I yes. tend to intimidate a lot of people, and that, you know that can be discouraging because I'm sensitive. You know, I'm I'm fragile in some areas. I have mm-hmm. self-esteem issues in some areas, and like sometimes mm-hmm. to live up to this idea of, or this persona that people believe me to always be all the time. It's like always being on. And it's like, we don't feel sexy every day. You know what I mean? Like I'm not feeling sexy every day.
0: I understand. I understand completely, but I, you know, my philosophy: if you're intimidated, you know, you're you're not getting pussy from me. So it's 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 really a matter of no guts, no glory, because yeah, I cannot girl. be I cannot be less intimidating. You know, I could be a little softer. Um, and like you, you know, I have my own little insecurities about this, that, and the other. And I'm like, you know, God, I, you know, I'm tomboyish shaped. I don't feel very curvy. I ain't got big boobs. I ain't got a traditional black girl booty, which is why I got it tattooed, because mm-hmm. it was a good conversation piece. And <laughs> but it's like, hey, if you can't get with this, you just ain't going to get this. I, I can't, what else? It, this is who I am. And that's who you are. So those who got the guts get the glory. So you ain't got to worry about right. that anymore. No
1: you know, right, be your
0: right. you girl, you know, because yeah. the ones who are bold enough, that's who gets all the fun, who step to exactly. you, Exactly. my Exactly, ironically
1: enough, you, and you're right, ironically enough, uh, speaking of, like, insecurities, for the longest time, I had insecurities about my boobs.
2: Um,
1: I am a petite person, athletically built, but relatively mm-hmm. small. Um, I, mm-hmm. too, don't have a, a a black girl booty, it just, mm-hmm. well, I remember when I was a dancer, um. Somebody once came and said, yeah, you wouldn't make it at a black club because you ain't got no ass. And I was like, well, that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is I'd make it any so fucking where I go. Please. <laughs> let me get my money for this lap dance and we can keep it pushing. Um, okay. <laughs> it, it, it's just one of those things. But I, I'll never forget in eighth grade when everybody's like, ooh, you kiss so-and-so. We had this party and it was like the end of the year party and it was like truth or dare it was a co ed little party. Mm-hmm. And they I got dared to flash someone. Now mind you, I'm in Indiana with all Caucasian people. Um, so my breasts look different. My areolas look different. Mm-hmm. And they said, Oh, chocolate pepperonis and you oh know that, that <laughs> Yeah. For an eighth grader traumatic. Um Oh and that stayed with me through high school. So I was always very ashamed of my breath. Not anymore. But then I was, and I can, I can remember feeling like, that really sucks. That for a large portion of my teen years, into yes. my 20s, I was ashamed of my God-given areolas. Girl, teen kids are so damn vicious. They're, and I,
0: you know, I, I have children and I've had to take them through their teens and all these vicious comments that, you know, people have said, and my daughter, who's a dancer, and small boob did it, small breasted it like her mama. And, you know, at one time she was saying she wanted big breasts. I'm like, when you have really large breasts, it's difficult to wear, you know, tops open to your waist. <laughs> and then right around that time, Mm, I th- remember JLo when she was work- when she was uh, dating P. Diddy, she had that uh, yeah. Versace dress on backwards and it was open down to her navel. I think okay. I showed that yeah. to my daughter. I'm like, you can't wear a dress like this when if your tits are big. I'm, I'm just sorry. They're going to fall out. So there's good things about being small-breasted. It's don't, you know, don't worry about that. But I remember a girl taking her through all of that. But another question I had, you talked about, you know, you do have a partner. Are you... As far as your relationship type of status, are you monogamous, non-monogamous, poly, kinky, swinging? I'm, I like all that shit combined because I'm just an experimentalist and I can't say no. But um, what about you? What, what floats your boat?
1: I think, um, I think for me, it's easier when in a relationship to be monogamous. Um, mm-hmm. I think when I'm not in a relationship, I am much more open and fluid. Now, let's be real, honey. I ain't new to this. I'm true to it. So I have been uh, in the game a while.
2: Okay, now <laughs> A <little laughs> while. Um,
1: and you know, to be honest with you, mm. sex and sexuality and the way people have sex has changed a lot because of porn. Oh, yeah. And there are times when I've been single and been like, I'm not really liking this sex because these moves, or something straight out of a porn, and they're Mm -hmm. not comfortable. Like, there have been lovers I have had, I literally had to stop somebody once, like, okay, we're going to stop right here, because (laughs) who told you a woman likes to be fishhooked? Like where Oh, you my learn God. <laughs> but you have to stop
0: them. A- Otherwise, you're going to have a terrible, I'm not going to have a terrible time. You are going to stop and do what the fuck I asked you to do so that we both can have a really good time. Because <laughs> I definitely want exactly. to know what the guy I'm dating, if we're dating, if we're just fucking for just a moment, because I'm also a swinger, then it may not matter that much. But if it's somebody I'm going to see more than once or five times, then I'm going to be like, you know what I like <laughs> and get what I like. Yeah. Yeah. Life's too short for bad sex.
1: Exactly. I remember this person was a beautiful um, man, very sexy. I was hoping that this could be an ongoing thing. But when I got the fish hook, I was like, let's just stop right here. And let's talk (laughs) about where you learned that move from. And And additionally, the person couldn't orgasm. And we had been having intercourse for some time. And I was just like, I just stopped. And I said, how much porn do you watch? Because I could tell
2: yes. that there
1: was a high likelihood that person wasn't going to be able to ejaculate. And they Until were like, well, I don't know. Jacked maybe- off. <laughs> exactly. Maybe like, he's like, I don't know, maybe a few times a week. I'm like, well, I can tell by your moves that you're consuming a lot of pornography. And mm. these are not necessarily moves a grown woman of my caliber, without consent, is going to go with. So I yes. think it's important. I've learned that you should be having conversations about what you like prior to actually hopping in the bed. Now, if you're in a hot and heavy moment and you met somebody, well, honey, ride that shit out. Right? But if you <laughs> have the opportunity, you know, because that could be a one-off, and that's great, and it could be amazing. But if yeah. you have the opportunity and you think, oh, man, I'm hoping this could go a couple more times, like let's have a conversation about it so that yeah. I don't experience a fish hook. Because yeah, fish maybe hook. I want That a fish is hook so funny. The a fish
2: hook. Ah,
0: that is crazy. I don't think I've ever been fish hooked.
1: <laughs> is that You're someone attempting two, to find the G spot? Fish hook, honey he, the person was coming at me from behind and put two fingers in my mouth and tried to pull my my mouth backwards, literally. Oh no, fish-hook. what the
0: fuck? <laughs> I thought you meant somebody was trying to find a G spot and they had the fingers, you know, doing the hooking kind of movement. No. no oh, no. I would, girl. <laughs> I would have. Do you see what I'm oh saying? Oh my, that is too funny. I'm going to have to put that in the description. How not to get fish hooked <laughs> by sexologist <laughs> Michelle Hope. Oh my gosh. But, but, girl. but the
1: thing was, was what it boiled down to, was, and, I, and I could tell this person was younger, you know, mm. you know, I, I come from a family of women who likes to do it cougar style and uh, it ah. seemed oh. like all of their sex moves they had learned through pornography. And that's slightly problematic when you consider the, the, the numerous amount of porn that most the average person consumes. Yeah is yeah. really denigrating to women, and there's no consent. And it's like you are a sex object. I can do with you what I want. You yeah. know, I've had, an- I had another instance when I was dating a man, and and we were engaging in intercourse. And I was like, you know what? Can you not do that? I don't like that. And then they said, I can do whatever I want. And I was like, actually, <laughs> we don't oh, stop. No, doing he writing. didn't. No, you can't. So, so no. I think that like. Having conversations, especially when you have a a history of trauma, this is really important. And this is something I try to convey often. When you have had a history of trauma, sexual trauma, it is vital for you to disclose that information in whatever way feels comfortable for you so you can have enjoyable sex. It
0: it is. It is. And a lot of people just don't know, which is why the work that you do is so important to help people walk through that and get to the other side so that they can enjoy sex because sex is meant to be enjoyed. We are not. I've said many times we're not animals. We are not functioning by instinct only. We get to choose who we love who we have sex with, who we fuck, the type of people we want to fuck, where we want to fuck. We're not just, you know, Oh my God, it's June. I'm in heat. Let's fuck now. So I can procreate. We get to choose. And if anyone is out there and you don't think you have a choice, I am here to tell you and Michelle is here to tell you that you do. And you can definitely make sure to book time with someone like her To help you work work through your trauma so that you can be enjoying all the good sex that you you should. Because, you know, in my opinion, girl, life is too short to enjoy bad sex. But, oh my gosh, you know what? I was, um, one of our newest sponsors who came on recently and I'd like to welcome to our show is Adam and Eve. So, you know Adam and Eve, the big, huge... Store that sells healthy products, healthy sex products. Do you know that they started in 1969 as a master's thesis selling condoms by mail? I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I just found. I just found that out recently, and then they finally opened up their first doors in 1971. But they are a huge. They're like the largest. Uh, sex toy company, mail order sex toy company, on the internet, in the nation, but they have some special gifts for our listeners. So if you like free stuff and you want to spice up your bedroom and have really good sex, and I, as all you, all of you know, I'm a big proponent of using sex toys to enhance, mm. not replace, because sex toys never replace the body. Sex toys will never replace it, but they can hold you off and keep you from fucking somebody crazy for sure. So you can get almost any item at 50% off. And then when you use our code, Adam and Eve will load on a bunch of free stuff. So you go to adamandeve.com and you use SOS at the checkout and you'll get 10 amazing fucking gifts. Well, I don't know if all the gifts will be fucking, but you'll get 10 free gifts. (laughs) And you'll get so you get something for you, something for him, if you have a him, um, something that you both enjoy. And then they're going to send you six free spicy movies. So they may not be porn movies, but they will be spicy and they will be consensual. And on top of all that, you get free shipping. So we welcome Adam and Eve to our show. So just swing by AdamandEve.com. Use SOS at checkout. You're going to get 50% off. You're going to get 10 free gifts. You're going to get six spicy movies and free shipping. And I don't know what else more you could ask after all of that. That's good. I mean, that sounds great. Girl, they got it all. They got everything, everything. And they do a lot of good for the community. They're uh, They're based in North Carolina where I used to live. And um, they've won numerous awards for the things that they've done. And um, I like working with brands that do good not only for themselves, meaning just to make a buck, but also to be able to contribute to communities, especially when it comes to sexual health. So it's not like they're just selling sex toys. They also have sexual health products as well. So I applaud them for that. So welcome, Admin Eve, to Sisters of Sexuality. So, girl, what more... What more is going on with you? I mean, you have any upcoming events that we need to know about? where you are going to be appearing or talking? I mean, you've been well, everywhere. It seems, well, not everywhere, but you've been on, I saw you on The Breakfast Club, and I saw you uh, mm-hmm. BET Black Coffee, talking about polyamory. Did you, did you say, you're not poly, right? Or are you saying um,
1: polyamory? Listen, let me tell you this. Mm-hmm. Most people are poly. They just don't tell their partners. Hello. Um, anyway, <laughs> I digress. It's true. Um, I, I I I think that you know I've got some things in the work. I can't quite speak on right this moment. But stay tuned. There is a lot more coming in 2020. Um, I also, as parents out there of young women. Um, I have a book, you can get it on Amazon, it's called The Girl's Guide to Sex Education. It's designed for young women between the ages of 10 to 15. However, I've had adult women purchase it and then see me out in the street and be like, yo, your book taught me things that I didn't even know, um, that I wish I'd known when I was, I was coming of age. Um, again, that's The Girl's Guide to Sex Education, there will be opportunities to do uh, coaching sessions, couples, singles, parents. I want to encourage you come the launch in January to to think about um, maybe I could use a class because I believe that the first conversations around sex should come from parents, but oftentimes Good. parents haven't been given the correct language so i 'm here to help exactly well, tell everybody where they can find
0: you at your website so on all your social media and email, please.
1: Absolutely. You can find me all over the internet um, and all over social media through at MHSexpert. So that's Michelle Hope Sexpert. And then my website, same, mhsexpert.com. And um, email inquiries is just info at mhsexpert.com. I'm here for the community. I'm here to help you grow. Well, hell, I'm even here to help you have that conversation with your partner that you want more butt plugs than your butt. Whatever the case may be. Um,
0: <laughs> we, that would be that would be Parrish's conversation because I'm like, stay away from my booty hole. And Parrish keeps telling me about Stanford Research says that if you have booty sex, that your tits will grow because she's got these huge tits. I'm like, I don't care. I am not having booty sex, with
1: Parrish. <laughs> you know I love research. I'm going to look that article up right now. I- Stanford
0: is going to send her a cease and desist letter because she keeps saying, and Stanford Research also says that if you, um, the more dick that you suck, you know, the longer your hair will grow. Look how long Taylor's hair is. I'm like, Parrish, stop telling, She look how big my afro is. I suck a lot of dick. I'm like, girl, that part might be true, but I'm sure Stanford is going to (laughs) give us a cease and desist. Well, Michelle Hope, sexologist Michelle Hope, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the show If you all are not following her, please follow M.H. Sexpert. You can find her on Instagram and all social media. Thank you so much for your time, my love. And for the rest of you all, you know you can find us, Sisters of Sexuality, on um, all social media, website. We're at Sisters of Sex on Twitter. And feel free to email us and join our newsletter at sisters of sexuality at gmail.com. And I am your host, Taylor Sparks, and I am on all social media under Organic Lovin'. That's L O V E N.com. And I myself am. Um, I'm working with uh, couples and individuals answering some Q&A sessions and doing some private one-on-one consults about the different organic intimate body products that I sell. So you could log on to OrganicLovin.com for that. And I thank you guys for tuning in. And again, I'd like to thank our newest sponsors, AdamandEve.com. And if you use SOS at checkout, you'll get lots of free gifts and extra gifts. And of course, SimpleHealth.com. And if you use Sisters at checkout, you get your first subscription for free. So thank you all, and we will catch up to you guys again next week. Have an amazing and sexy week. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Sisters of Sexuality. Please join Taylor Sparks and Parish Michelle Blair again next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific time and 8 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel or on demand 24-7. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at sistersofsexuality.com for all the latest information on our appearances and events.